Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hi folks, and welcome to Bible Hour with your hosts, Andrew McGillicuddy and Rachel Bidlelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelel
it's hard to tell. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, some folks are going to be able to go, okay, and keep going with it. And they're going to get something like this episode mm-hmm. after it, which I don't, I, I don't know how to quite say. I don't want to say that this is the best episode I've seen in a really long time because I don't know if that's true. Right. It was just a really good episode. It was episode. a really good episode. And uh, I keep, and the thing that's going to irritate me so bad is next, it's tomorrow or Tuesday when like IO9 comes out with its yeah, recap. Uh-huh. They're going to talk about how boring this episode was. <laughs> well, but it wasn't. If you know what you were watching, it mm-hmm. wasn't boring. When you have a Carol episode, mm-hmm. you are not watching that episode for zombie kills and like people screaming and yelling at each other. You are watching, when you watch a Carol episode, you are watching a drama. Mm-hmm. You are watching a stage right. play. You are, you know, you are watching a show. If you took all the Carol episodes and just like cut everyone out, you know, like just the Carol episodes, you're watching a woman build herself, create herself out of nothing, mm-hmm. and then see that creation crumble before her, mm-hmm. and now she's trying to build something new. Yeah. And it's amazing. And it's one of those things genre television does better than any other kind of television is give this kind of story not only to women Mm -hmm. but to older women well we talked about this before that the genre television uh, genre in general has a tendency to allow older actresses and older anymore means above 35 yeah um, older actresses a chance to show that they are still really really talented performers mm-hmm. um and just because you don't necessarily fit into a slinky cat suit right um you don't have to be you know discounted and you have something like someone like melissa mcbride who is playing a character who is long dead in the comic yeah and folks for, for the for the for the people who are upset about last week uh and and found it too much i completely understand that but there are scenes, so many scenes that we could have gotten so far. Yes. Uh, back at the prison. Right. Um, well, actually, Carol died back at the prison. Yes. And the, some of those scenes would have been, you know, doing them on television would have been kind of traumatic. But the thing about Carol is that we actually saw a character who, when you first see her, she she doesn't have, there's no weight. Right. And then as every episode, like you said, every episode we've had from her, that she has gained weight. She's become more substantial. Mm-hmm. And for a show that often treats treats trying to deal with life at all as a binary choice, mm-hmm. kill or be killed, you know, the, well, kill or be killed, honestly, that's kind of the, you know, and how the, there's, there's no room for hope in this show. We've complained about that a bazillion times. There's, right. This show is so... Hope is hope will get you killed. Hope will right. get happy. You know, don't try and be happy because you're doomed. Right. That's the entire Walking Dead message. Especially like I mean, it's it's in their blood. The 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 there's no escaping from the zombies because it's inside you. Like right. You die no matter how you die. You have a heart attack, fall on the floor. You know. Okay, so just like look at like Alexandria. If you're living in Alexandria. And you're safe inside the walls, and you are living in your home with your family. Mm-hmm. And one night you go downstairs for a glass of water, and you have a heart attack and die. You're waking up a zombie, right? And you're probably going to kill your family, right? So I mean, it's so on one level, it's kind of understandable. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, that sense, you know, again, and I, I, I have, we almost have to say it like every couple of episodes of anything with right. the words "The Walking Dead" attached. People don't act like this in the real world. Yes. And it's always been, you know, this crazy thing where every time we've seen another culture, another, and when I say culture, I mean just, a, you know, everything's tribal now, right? Right. So, you know, they, you run into another city or another another group, and they're all crazy people mm-hmm. who are like, all right, we're just trying to survive. Oh, look, you're cannibals. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to survive. Oh, look, you're, you know, Negan's group. And, yeah. you know, so... What's been interesting about watching a Carol, and now I want to have an ep- a, like a marathon of all the Carol centric episodes. Mm-hmm. We should like, like that's like a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> um, that's a bunch of episodes. Yeah. Well, that's, that's probably more than just a single. It's probably a weekend or something of uh, binge watching. 
But as we last left uh, Carol and Morgan... Carol had, had had killed a bunch of saviors. Yeah. Like, killed those dudes. Yeah. Because <laughs> she was leaving. She mm-hmm. was leaving Alexandria. She had decided to go off on her own. And she ran afoul of some saviors. And bawling uncontrollably, she was like, this doesn't have to be this way. And they thought that she meant, you guys don't have to kill me. But what she really meant was... If you guys leave right now, maybe you'll get out of this situation alive. Because while Carol does not want to, she has promised herself that she is going to survive. Mm-hmm. And that will mean any means necessary. And it's just amazing. <laughs> well, Carol is kind of, you know, for, for the folks who want to put this in, you know, this, the, the rise of superhero television mm-hmm. films, she's basically Wolverine and the Punisher mm-hmm. rolled into one. Um, there is not currently a Marvel or DC Comics character that I could see her, them casting Melissa McBride as right now, mostly because she'd be like, she'd like show up in Batman vs. Superman, just smack them both. What's wrong with you two? (laughs) You know. Oh, that's a really interesting character. If you were to, or a question, if you were to take Melissa McBride and cast her somewhere else, who would she be? See, visually, she's almost, she's almost like the cool... Aunt May, but they, uh-huh. they got a new Aunt May. It's going to be Marissa Tomei, which is, which is which is wonderful. Amazing. But she, she's got that she's got that look from from like the Ultimate mm-hmm. Spider Man. But the thing is, is that it'd be a waste of of her in that part because Ultimate Aunt May doesn't like show up and go, right? Yeah. Now I have to kill you all. You know. <laughs> but see, I I'd love to see her versatility as an actress. We've seen that she's funny, mm-hmm. and we've seen that she has these dramatic chops. Yeah. And I love, my favorite thing about Melissa McBride is that she is not an actress, she's a casting director. <laughs> like, this is the second role that Darabond talked her into playing mm-hmm. for him on a show that she was supposed to be casting for him. Yeah. She got, the first, her first one, the one in The Mist, she was the casting director on that. Mm-hmm. I believe. Don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, go, the internet can Google it and yell at me later if they want. I don't read the comments, so waste your time if you feel like it. And I then, do. And then. Be nice. Uh, um, I believe that she was working on casting this, and she took the part when, when he was like, hey, just like. Come on, just do it. It'll be fun because he was like, "Oh yeah, well we'll get to the we'll get to the thing, and I'll be eaten by a zombie, and it'll be awesome." And then then he was gone, and <laughs> everybody was like, "What are we gonna do with this Carol character?" Because and and it just I just I'm I don't understand. I just I love I am in love with the story of this character, mm-hmm. not just the storyline, the story arc character has or the Carol has. I am in love with how it came to be, the way Melissa McBride approaches it, the way Melissa McBride was cast in the role. I just love it all. What's interesting, really interesting for me, is that we talked. You know, the the death of the death of Glenn was one of those moments in the show where the the show and the comics sync. Uh You know, the little sync points where the story, for all the differences between the television show and the comic book. They kind of weave back, you know, the the TV show weaves into the comic timeline periodically. Right. Carol is outside that timeline entirely. Mm-hmm. Carol and Daryl. Yeah. Um, these are two characters, and one of the reasons I think they're probably very, very popular, aside from the fact that they got a, they're, they're cast very well. I mean, mm-hmm. the actors are wonderful. But the fans of the comic are, they're new to them too. Right. So you, not only are they new to the regular audience, but the fans, the, the fans that came to the show from the comic... Are like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 that's always cool when you get a new story, and it's a good news story. Yeah, and and I think that the thing that they are doing for because because I'd have to look it up. Whoever took over after Darabond and messed everything up in season two, they're trying to correct those mistakes, and so essentially, Michonne has become Andrea for the show. Yeah, like Andrea in the comics is basically Michonne in the show. And so the character of Michonne from the comics is now Carol. Because I can kind of see where they're going mm. this episode. Okay, sure. Um, because Michonne in the comics ends up having a relationship with Ezekiel. Right. And I think that... And he or she has a relationship with Rick. Right. Which um, is which is in the comic, but much, much later, I believe. 
I, I know. think that is. Andrea, that? Andrea no. and Rick get together. That's right. Andrea and Rick get together. That's why, that's what I'm saying. This yeah, yeah. It's the thought. Right, yeah. Follow the thought. Mm-hmm. And so now Michonne in the comic is Carol in the TV show and Andrea in the comic is Michonne in the TV mm-hmm. show. Right. Both badass ladies. Mm-hmm. Both not who they are on the show. Well, and so, I think if you were to spend... Did we talk? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Spin, get, yeah. Oh, I was going to say that we, if, we, if, if we spent a season with Carol, there's a significant chunk of the audience. I know that we wouldn't be upset about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a significant chunk of the audience that wouldn't be either. Yeah. I think it would be the kind of the thing where you could actually have... You could spin off, get rid of Fear of the Walking Dead mm-hmm. and give us Carol and the Walking Dead or whatever. Yeah. You know, come up with a better name than that. Because she's written so well, and she's, you know, Melissa McBride's performance, there's very little dialogue that she has in tonight's episode. And what she actually, the words she says versus what she's saying in her head are two very, very different things. You get to watch it. But no, you were about to say. Um, I don't know if we talked about, because it happened during the summer, and it was Fear the Walking Dead time, um, Lori Holden, the interview she gave, Mm -mm. um, apparently... So, all right. So way back when, when she first started the show, right. she had a six-season contract, just oh, like sure. a normal TV uh-huh. yeah. contract. And so she was very excited to get this car part of Andrea because at that point, even in the comic books, like Andrea was like super badass, and right? Whatever. Yeah. Um, so she was, and then she said, like, when things started going really south on season two, and she didn't know mm-hmm. what was going to happen, she. Uh, and, you know, she was bolstered by this six-season contract and the fact that she knew that she was going to kind of come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, apparently, there had been plans for her to, like, figure out what was going on with the governor and, and and like, come in and end up being, like, a savior on a, like, riding on a horse to rescue mm-hmm. them. And, you know, all these things that she had seen for her story arc. Yeah. Like, she was going to end up with Rick... And things like, like that. Call the comic art. And when they sent her the script that said she was going to die, she was completely blindsided by it, like completely <laughs> blindsided. And you know that makes a lot of sense considering the way we saw her on Talking Dead <laughs> back then. Oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, yes, I think I think that would be awesome to watch. You know, Carol doing things let's talk about let's talk about what happens right so so this is an episode that you know this isn't even going to flash back or flash sideways to uh what's going on with rick and coming this is completely Mm -hmm. a carol and morgan episode and when we last saw uh carol had been wounded um folks from the kingdom a couple guys from the kingdom had shown up uh, on horses and in body armor right and rescued them rescued them and yes so it's two or three days later. Carol's finally waking up. Well, no, Carol's kind of waking up in and out as they're transporting her oh, back. Right. Oh, that was really cool too. And she is there. There's there's walkers attacking, and she's looking at the walkers, and she's seeing the walker, but she's also seeing the person that they were. Right. So you have somebody. You know, you've got the decaying face that suddenly crystallizes into an ordinary face, right? Which she then watches get axed. Right, um, because Carol's been having a really hard time. Yes, like she, um, she's got probably very severe post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh yeah, uh, from all of the things that she's gone through, all the things that she has had to do, all the things she knows in her heart, she will have to continue to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, so I think that was really, really cool that it was that we were seeing that. It kind of flashed back for me to. Sophia too, Michaela. Yeah. Because that's how she saw the walkers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that she just saw them as a, you know, an extension of humanity or whatever. So I thought that was a really interesting effect to do something to give us an idea. She's seeing things like the state of her mind. Well, yeah. And if you think about it, and I don't want to get too far off track here with the, before we get back into the recap, but if you think about it, Carol has gone through how how many family members has Carol lost? Husband, daughter, uh, 
all the children. All of, the children. Of, every single. Well, all the children of Woodbury came. Yeah. And she was teaching them. And also all of them. Yeah. Uh, then Sophia, too, and Puppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the Goonie kid at Alexandria. Uh-huh. So, like, she's, like, anytime she gets close to a child. And, and we know the, the Walking Dead's track record with, with female children. Yeah. You know, they're doomed. But she's, we, fin- we tend to forget that, or we don't actually, but a lot of people tend to forget that Carol started off as a housewife. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a, an abused housewife at that. I mean, this is somebody whose character had, you know, she was this coiled spring with no chance of being released. Mm-hmm. And so she really has gone through a lot. Right. She's gone through periods where she doesn't want to kill. There's periods where she is nothing but a killing machine. Right. Where she shuts herself, basically shuts her emotions off because she can't, if she starts to feel, it'll hurt. And, yeah, post-traumatic stress is, you know, again, we've had this discussion, too. It's hard to find a good therapist mm-hmm. in the, you know, in the post-apocalypse world. Right. Although, I imagine you could make a lot of money. Oi. Put out your signal oh, and go. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but, anyway, so she's seeing these faces, and this is not helping. And then she's out again. And then it's two or three days and later. Then it's two or three days later. And, and Morgan takes her to... You know, wakes takes puts her in a wheelchair, and it's like I'm gonna take you to see the heck out of the guy in charge. And they're driving through this really like picturesque, beautiful place, and they say, "Oh, we call this the kingdom. It's, it's you know nice, and we like it here." And, and it's open and looks really poorly defended. And I mean, I don't know. I will no. not say that. Well, it looks poorly defended from what she would expect a place right. to look like. And, you know, so they go into the theater, and they go oh, down... it's not a theater. Oh. It's a church. Oh, right. So they go in, and uh, and she's like, so who's the guy that runs this place? And Morgan's like, well, he calls himself King Ezekiel. And she's like, wait a minute, what? Like, right? yeah, goes, they yeah, walk in the door. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. And they get down, and he goes, oh, he kind of does his own, he kind of does his own thing. Yeah. He goes, oh, that's cool. <laughs> and then you hear the roar. Yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, kind of forgot to mention. He's got a tiger. And and like the looks on Carol's face are just like what is happening? Where am I? And like everybody keeps saying that she put on her her little helpless housewife. I think she put on a different character this time. It's like she was like, This place is full of morons. The only way I'm going to survive it is to act like a moron. And so, like, she is so, like, just look at the way she interacts with anyone. Like, the cobbler guy. Like, you know, <laughs> she's acting like the dumbest, you know, I, I don't know what's going on in the best possible way. Like, so great. And well, uh, the first thing we see of, of, of King Ezekiel is what kicks off this reaction. I mean, the look on her face, because he's sitting on a throne, essentially, uh-huh. with um, a giant tiger. Yes. Kind of right next to him, mm-hmm. doing the roaring thing and the pacing thing. And there's like a man at arms. There's a man at arms who is like my my new favorite background like character, Randy or something. Randy or something. Like because he is just like so. Hey, I'll be right over here. You just let me know, okay? Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, he's just so nice. Randy's doomed. He's too, you know, yeah. he's too nice for this world. But um, so yeah, and and of course, King Ezekiel, his personality is larger than life. Ooh. Big welcome to voice. the kingdom, for I am King Ezekiel. I was Othello in Summerstock. And it is very theatrical. Uh-huh. And she's just looking at it like, this is insane. <laughs> yeah. But she, she gets through it. She gets through it pretty well. Yeah. Until but... they get outside. And she's like, what the f*** did you just, <laughs> where are we? <laughs> I believe the actual quote was, what the sh was that? <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, oh, my. And, and, and he's like, well, you know. And, and she promises him, she says, you will, uh, you know, you can't watch me forever. I'm going to recuperate. And as soon as I'm better, about. I'm, I'm out of here. I am out of this place. And the rest, so, so then it kind of bounces back and forth between um, Morgan getting, like, roped into training this kid and mm-hmm. running into the saviors again and all these other, like... And that's actually kind of the A story. Yeah. Morgan, Morgan's journey on this is kind of the A story. And Morgan's having his own troubles as well. Mm-hmm. Because Morgan decided that his his path was not to kill. He could put down a zombie, but 
put mm-hmm. killing a live human being was just something he wasn't going to do. Right. And he was forced to to save Carol. Right. And it was easy. Mm-hmm. And that bothers him that he was able to if he was able to pick up a gun and kill. Right. And and somebody Ezekiel sees him with this the the bow staff. He takes the he takes yeah he, and they take the um they go out on a hunting party. Mm-hmm. Uh, very quiet, well, qu- you know, kept pretty quiet, and they go off hunting for looks like boars, pigs, pigs something you know. like that. They says, "I like the way they were like in the, all the things that used to be in the country are now in the city." Yeah, and the pigs apparently have been getting fat by eating walkers, mm-hmm. which is a disturbing thought. It's pretty gross. Um, but they capture a bunch of pigs, and in the process. Um, some walkers attack, and there's a there's a kid there, a younger guy. Yeah. And is and they say, okay, hey, you've been training, go ahead, kill one. And it doesn't go as planned. He almost no. gets it. Right. And so now um, Ezekiel tasks him with Morgan with training this kid because they've already tried him on guns. Yeah, and they've the already tried him on knives. <laughs> so they're like, yeah. So he's not a ranger, <laughs> and he's not a warrior. Maybe maybe he's a melee. Yeah, so they so because yeah. our paladin, he's not a ranger, he's not a paladin. Maybe he's a melee fighter. <laughs> we we don't have any room in this party for clerics. <laughs> and is and Ezekiel seems to think that the that the young man has a there's a purpose for him. There's a there's a he's there's a future for him that needs to be protected. Mm-hmm. And so they're finding a way for them to well, fight. Well, we find and out what himself. that future yeah. is. Yeah, but at the moment, it, I mean, it sounds very yeah. dramatic. And But that's sort of King Ezekiel. Yeah. So Morgan starts training this kid, and this kid is just like such a... Takes to it. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, there's that little book about things. Let me read the book about things. Yeah, so he's like, so can I read your book? Which is a really personal thing. Hey, is that a book? Can I borrow it? Well, I don't know. No, really. Can I borrow it? I want oh, it. I don't Give it to me. Give me the book. <laughs> I've read every book in town, including the... Uh, air conditioning <laughs> maintenance. Like, I would think, like, he read the book on air conditioning maintenance. We obviously have electricity. I would think so. There's that dude's thing. Like, so. he's the air conditioner. <laughs> and so, anyway, uh, the kid takes to the bow staff, whatever, mm-hmm. and during all this training, at one point, Morgan, or uh, is it Randy who comes up and is like... Come on, we gotta go on a thing. Bring your gun, and Morgan's like, "Oh, yeah, might have been." Um, or was it the pig guy? One of them. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So, so they they go off, and we earlier saw when they captured the pigs, the other truck. There were two trucks, mm-hmm. and one of them went in a different direction. The one with the pigs, and that they had been feeding walkers to. Right, and and Morgan said, "Where are they going?" And Ezekiel said, "Somewhere else," mm-hmm. which is you know one of those answers that, while true. It's not very helpful. It's not very helpful or not suspicious at all. Well, finds out that they basically have been butchering the pigs far enough away. So from, that the squeals don't attract walkers to or the kingdom. Or let the folks in the kingdom know what's going on mm-hmm. because they're being used as tribute. To the saviors. To the saviors. Those who are again. as charming and as pleasant. As we remembered them. Yes. So and also full of puns. I think that I think that maybe the saviors like like when they approach someone and they're like, "We're gonna you know see if you're gonna fit into our group." They're like, "Here, I'm gonna say five words, and you have to come up with a pun, or I'm gonna gonna shoot you in the face with a with a gun covered in razor blades." They do tend to have a certain because this dude, hatter. yeah, had the puns too. Ugh. Well, <laughs> there is. When the reckoning cometh, because the reckoning will come, mm-hmm. all the punters will be lined up against the wall, and the first, the, <laughs> the first, they'll be the first ones up against the wall. Right. So it's, and of course, there's, what is it with the if you're long blonde haired and have a blonde beard and you're in the Saviors, you're a, dick. you know, in a room full of, dicks, you're a, it's like everyone, everyone looks at you and goes, God, you're. A Oh, you. Why you? Because he gets lippy yeah. with with the guy who, um, well, I can't remember his name, but he's the he's the guy who initially helped Morgan. Yeah. And they get into a fight. Mm-hmm. And because the saviors are the saviors, 
even though the kid was in the wrong, mm-hmm. um, he gets free punches on on our guy from the kingdom, and it's just. And then, then when they when they leave, and they're like, "Next week is produce. Don't forget to also, produce." Oh yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so also, if you don't do that, we're gonna kill that guy. You look forward to the day when the saviors get what's coming to them. Mm-hmm. And for somebody who you know, talking about how little violence or anything is in this episode, and what is so cool about this episode is that there's such little violence. Right. And it's about people. I really, really want the saviors to die terribly. I, oh, you yeah. know, I feel. I, and I think that that I. That's the element of contradiction. That. Yes. <laughs> and then. So anyway, so that's Morgan's whole yeah. deal. And so about the time Morgan's feeling like super at home, mm-hmm. he goes to oh, and we found out find out the kid right Ben is his name has a little brother that he's trying to raise because Ezekiel sent their father out to do a raid and he died. So basically, Ben is the only one uh, raising this kid, and so that's why. Yeah. Ezekiel wants him to live. He wants to at least give him a real yeah, chance. Yeah, real that he chance can, to live. Um, so that's great that both of those kids are going to die terribly. You know. Well, neither they're both they're both male. That's and true. Th- that increases their chances although, in the Walking Dead. You got to remember that that uh, <laughs> Goonie Goonie kid and his brother were both male too. Yes, and that's true. We haven't seen any small. Have we seen any small girl children? No. We oh seen, not no! In, not they're in, already uh, dead. <laughs> not in, uh, not in, not in this, because we had the crying girl from Fear the Walking Dead. Right, like, but if, but, whoa. but if they've already killed off all the girl children there in were the a kingdom, little girls wandering around <laughs> with parents and things. Okay, uh, and there were kids in the school, girls in the school. Anyway, um, so Morgan goes back to talk to Carol, and she is gone, just like she said <clears> she would be. But she didn't get far because. She went to go get some apples for the road, and Ezekiel catches her. Ezekiel and Randy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so Ezekiel basically sends Randy away and, like, kind of drops the act and is like, look, I understand. Like, first first he tells Carol to drop the act. First he's like, look. Yeah, because he sees through it. Yeah. He's, a, he's, he's an actor, too. Yeah, he says, don't pull the bullshit. Uh, and so, so they talk really honestly where he's like, she's like, you are creating a fantasy for these people. And he's like, yeah, I know. Sometimes you need the fantasy to survive. And he goes, and I'm not a king, but I, they needed a leader. Yeah. And so I gave them one. Right. And I, I, I played a king on stage before, so I know how to play the part. I mm-hmm. know what that role is. And that's what they wanted. They wanted someone to follow. Yeah. And, and he says, everything that I have created my story. And he says, Shiva is just an animal at the zoo where I used to work. And mm-hmm. I I helped her. I saved her life. And then when when this all went down, I went back to the zoo because that was the only place I felt really happy. Truly and she was happy. and she was all that he had left. And yeah. Because apparently he doesn't go into details, but it sounds like every his family died. Yeah. In the early days of it too. Uh, and so like he and she was starved by mm-hmm. the time he got to the zoo, and he was able to rescue her and nurse her back to health. And and she didn't kill him. She and they basically spent. helped each other survive all this while, and then having a freaking tiger as his animal has created this legend for him and he's okay playing that part if it keeps everybody safe and in line right and he understands that there's a contradiction there mm-hmm. that he's li- and because they talk about the saviors and how he's lying to his people about really part of like the more squeaky things mm-hmm. that he has to do as leader like pay tribute to the saviors and stuff and I kind of got the idea he's kind of asking her to stay because he knows she can help him deal with them. There's a couple of things. One, he recognizes someone who is playing a part. Mm-hmm. He also recognizes someone who's hurting. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think he's looking at her like a human version of Shiva. Mm. The, the caged beast uh, who is looking for a friend. Mm. Someone to care for and to care about. But there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, well, there's a beast that lives inside Carol. Right, that's true. And, and Carol wants to control that beast, but also doesn't want to be controlled by the beast. And, and also doesn't want, the, the thing about a beast is that they don't, a tiger doesn't worry right. about who lives and who dies. 
The tiger just is. And there's that part of Carol that just wants to be. Right. Um, and and she's, that's hard for her because she does think about it. And she cares about people and she loves people. And she feels bad when people die and people when she feels bad when, when she kills people. Mm-hmm. So um, I think there's a lot of things he look recognizes in her. But I think more importantly, he doesn't sit there and say, you can't go or fine, go. He says, is, let's work something out. Maybe yeah. you can go and not go at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, one of the things that he says that I thought was really interesting, especially when you look at her face when he says it, is mm. like, no one is okay out there by themselves. Right. And if you remember when she was first exiled by Rick, mm-hmm. they spent a whole episode with her by herself. And, like, yeah. she found a safe place. And she, like, was set things up for herself and looked like she was going to be just fine all by herself. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, I think he also recognizes that when he when he said that the look on her face was very, like, I probably handle it. <laughs> well, because he, he, he didn't just say you couldn't make it out there on your own, but being out there on your own is, he pointed out the attraction of it, too. Mm-hmm. And so the whole, and I, I really want to see how this plays out for them. Mm-hmm. Because... Interestingly enough, you look at him, and I don't want to do this, because it, the first thing is, you know, everyone starts shipping as soon as somebody starts having exactly. a connection. But they have a chemistry, right? Yes. And I, I'm right now, I, I, and I'm not saying they couldn't go and do it a, a romantic thing, and, and, and that's maybe, maybe they'll make it work. But right now, what I'm seeing is two people who understand each other mm-hmm. in a way that Carol hasn't had in a little while. Right. And... But on the, on the other hand, they are doing a very, like, um, especially the pomegranate thing. Like, mm-hmm. I was yeah. very, <laughs> like, because he, like, the first thing he offers her when he comes, she comes to pay him homage or whatever is, like, would you like some delectable fruits? And I have grapes and pears and apples and strawberries and pomegranates. It's fruit time. <laughs> and, and, uh, and she's like, ah, I don't know about the, like, the pomegranate. Like, what's, I, it's too much work for, yeah. so, and no, no, that's what he says. He's like, such hard work for such small sweetness or something bizarre like that. And I was just, I just like really got the, the, the rape of Persephone popped mm. up in my head really bad oh, there. Oh, really? Um, because, because that, because, you know, offering her the food, like, and she rejects it and, 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 you know, and then slowly over the course of the, and then at the end of the episode, when he shows up, he brings the pomegranate again. Yeah. So, so he, you see her and Morgan riding away. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. And they come out to the house. We saw this house earlier in the episode. We saw there right. was a walker trapped inside. And this was during Carol's hallucination. Right. And she sees, well, the first thing she sees when she looks at the house, at the window, is an older woman in a nightgown mm-hmm. kind of beckoning her. Like, come right. here, come here. And then it turns into the walker. So when they go back, the first thing Carol does is she kills that walker. Right. But this is basically, this is, this is outside the walls of the kingdom. Right. But it's not so far away that if she wants to go to the kingdom, she can go to the kingdom. It's close right. enough. So it's going away and not going away. Yeah. She's she's there. She's just not there. Right. And I think that's that's where what she needs right now. And she's getting her house cleaned up and things are fine. She's got a fire going. And there's a... On yes. the door. And she's there's that look on her face suddenly. And it's... Yeah. It's a flicker. And we talked about... We talked about last week how Andrew Lincoln... Did so much acting with his mm-hmm. eyes. Melissa McBride can tell you paragraphs of information by eye, eye movement. And yes. she does it there. And it's that thing where, am I going to have to kill people? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? And the little house that she moves into, don't, let's not forget, is also the, the caretaker's house for a cemetery. So there is a complete, it's a cemetery, so it's an old cemetery. There's a complete fence all the way around it. Yeah. So it's a very yeah. safe little it's house. It's actually... It actually looks like a. Uh, I don't know how defensive, defensible it really would be against a large group, but it's. It'll. It would. It, there's plenty of places for her to be warned that there's somebody coming in. Right. So she knocks on the door. She opens the door. And it's Ezekiel. Well, no, it's Shiva oh, in right. the door, and it's like, oh look, there's a giant tiger. A little tiger. And there's a tiger. The lady and the tiger, and and there's Ezekiel go, hey, leaning on the door, jam going, you really have to try these, holding out a pomegranate. And again, it's not, it's, 
if it was different characters, it would be a great romantic moment. Mm-hmm. But it oh, really no, doesn't feel like I'm that. into it. Like, I am <laughs> into it. I was not... I was I was the first one to be like, no, Daryl and Carol are just just have a very strong friendship relationship, right, right. and I've championed the fact that this is you know with Daryl especially, this is the first asexual character we've seen in a show like this, mm-hmm. like in a in a show they don't do, and I'm very interested on Riverdale because you know. Um, Jughead Jones in the comic books right. after 60 years has come out as asexual. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm I'm not sure how... I'm wondering if they're going to integrate that into the actual television show that they're, they've got coming out. The television show sounds significantly different from the comic to the point that I think it's going to play in its own right. completely little world. But see, now that, you know... Uh, anyway. Archie Comics, folks, yes. are actually good now. Right. Yes, this is bizarre. So anyway, there's a little tidbit um but uh, so, you, so, so you're ready to ship these two i'm ready and again like i said if we go with carol or with carol is michonne mm-hmm. and michonne and ezekiel in the comic get together right then it makes sense and i think that 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 ezekiel is age appropriate i think he is yes uh and you know so that will be a good that's a good fit and I think that if we if it's done correctly, then people will stop thinking of the Daryl Carroll thing. Yeah, I mean, part they've of... they did Walking Dead did the thing that sometimes shows do when they get afraid of couple pairings. Yeah, they took these two actors that had amazing chemistry and they completely separated them. I can't remember the last time oh, Daryl yeah. and Carol had a scene together. There were barely barely some scenes last season but yeah. yeah it's been it's been very little and they did the same thing on team wolf with uh with derek and styles mm-hmm. because derek and styles were like like these two very charismatic young tyler hochen and and uh and daniel o'brien dylan dylan o'brien dylan anyway it didn't matter uh, and they had this chemistry, and like they would look at each other with these faces, and they're both so young and hot, and like you, you kind of were like, I want them to be a couple, and everybody like freaked out, and so they stopped making scenes with them mm, together. Sure. And so I think that if we, I think this might be a good thing to kind of draw that away. Well, and that's that's because we've talked about before that they that relationship really should be non-sexual, right? Because it really, really works. Mm-hmm. It's two friends, and that really matters. And I, I kind of want that with Ezekiel here. But I, I you know what? If they take it this way, I, I'll probably be okay with it. Right. So I don't know. But what was cool about this, for me, in many ways, was that after last week, mm-hmm. and just you know, the monster wins. Right. And the the horrible, terribleness of humanity. It were our faces, however you felt about last week, our faces kind of got rubbed in it again. Right. Which is what this show does is, you know, here's man's evil. Mm-hmm. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Feel it with your whole face. And this episode was about, yeah, it's a bad place out there. But we don't have to be, we don't have to let it r- rule us. Right. And Ezekiel, you know, yeah, a little bit of fantasy and a little bit of a lie actually might make people feel better mm-hmm. and their lives aren't so awful. And then maybe evil doesn't win. Right. And, and I feel like... I like that. I Also, I kind of feel like uh, uh, Ezekiel is already... Like, they're putting, they're putting the pieces on the board. Mm-hmm. Because Ezekiel, even though he's put not putting that face out there, he's all you can. I can tell they're already making plans against the saviors. You don't feed dead dead Walker flesh to the pigs that you're sending to them. You're not trying to. I think he's you know working on making these people weaker than. You know they're gonna start. You I know, know there's there's something to said to that. I mean he's you look at. He's built up a. Admittedly, they don't have the firepower. Yeah. That the saviors do. He's building up, building up an army. Mm-hmm. He's building up an army of cavalry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm. 
And, and he's, you know, like he did the thing where he's like, well, this kid's not good with the gun, and he's not good with the, the mm -hmm. blade weapons. Let's see what he can be good with. He's, you know, <laughs> besides, the, besides air conditioning repair. But the other thing is, is that for for Negan's men in the comic and in the, in what we see from the from the TV show, the threat and reward, right? Mm -hmm. So definitely stick and carrot. It's like I will kill you. If you don't do what I tell you and give mm -hmm. me what I want, but if you give me what I want, then you can then terrorize someone else to give them what you want, right? Here, he's built up a world where he is a king, mm -hmm. and the people treat him like a king, and he treats them like he's their king. When you put up against people who are fighting for their king versus a bunch of people who are fighting... Because they're afraid of a guy. Mm -hmm. One of them's fighting for something. The other one is fighting because of something. Right. I mean, there's a distinction there. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I I like this place. We can stay here for a few more episodes. I'd be okay no. with that. <laughs> but we're not going no, to. We know oh we're God. not going We're to. having the worst possible thing happen next week. Ugh. We get to watch Daryl get broken. So... It's not going to be fun. And what's interesting is that I look I think we're definitely going to have... This is going to be the model for the rest of the season. Um, it's going to be these three stories. Because I don't think we have an option for a fourth one at this point. We could probably split somebody else off. But right now it's it's Rick and company. It's Daryl. It's Carol and Morgan. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be interesting. So, I'm like I said, I really enjoyed tonight's episode. Yeah. I can't, like I said, I can't say that it's the best episode of the show. But it it gave me things that I really wanted, which was more Melissa McBride. And a sense of hope. Mm. You know. Well, who was... Oh, we didn't talk about the I Quit Walking Dead Club. Right. Um, people are freaking out and quitting the show because of stuff like this. And we did talk about it a little bit. We talked about it a little bit. But um, but one of, the, one of the things I was having this conversation on Facebook uh, with one of Bryce's friends, Bryce mm -hmm. Young, friend of ours. Uh, actor, producer, director. Yeah. Um, he was saying that... There should be more building, like there should be more world built at this point. <laughs> and mm -hmm. and I was like, well, if you look at you look at the age of Judith, you have to look at the age of Judith as your time to keep time for you, right? And that kid is only because she was conceived either right before or right after the outbreak, depending on who you think her father is, right? Of course. So she's. 14 months now ish so we're looking at two and a half years you can't look at carl as your barometer right, no. because mm. you know he's aged them appropriate number of years not the appropriate number of time in the season so judith is our barometer right so it's only been 24 months maybe 25 yeah we're so we're we are within three years yeah of, and of so zero event. There's not been a lot of world building because they're still in the war, but we've also now been introduced to a couple of societies that are building themselves up. We've got the saviors. Mm -hmm. We've got um, the kingdom. Mm -hmm. We've got Alexandria. We've got the hilltop. We've got the mm -hmm. people in the hospital. Right. Like you know, there's there is some building happening. Mm -hmm. So. We're, I think we're going to start seeing some bigger set pieces happen. Some bigger stuff, put on stuff. That's certainly possible. I just think, you know, for... for again, it comes back to... Oh, if, yeah. I'm sorry. I jumped... Okay. Uh, I, I, we, we did have a timey-wimey moment. I don't know if you noticed it. When Ben is talking about how his father died... He said, oh, it was about a year ago. Like, me and my dad, my dad and Ezekiel were really tight. And he doesn't say, before all this stuff happened. Right, sure. He says, and about a year ago, my dad went out on a run and died and stuff. But if we really think about, like, Judith is only 24 months. She's our barometer. About a year ago, there shouldn't even have been a kingdom yet. Well, uh, I was kind of wondering. I, I need more information because I want to see what they built this up out of. It's, yeah. It's clearly an existing place. It's been, I mean, this is, there's too many things here. They couldn't have built it all themselves. There's right? like 15 or 20 people that were there when Ezekiel started this thing that were just part of his, his community theater troupe. And so they're the people that are like, yeah, Zeke's king. 
<laughs> no, they all can say, hey, everybody, let's put in a show. Yeah. <laughs> but. That's Randy. I almost I almost want to see, like, you know what? Yeah, it is. It looks almost like it's a co- like a, a community college campus. Yeah. And I'm wondering if once we get more into the, the, the more time there, if we're not going to sit there and say, yeah, this used to be a dot, dot, dot. Because, Maybe. Because it has a certain structure to it. and But, again, it's it's so randomly out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's true. There, this is another thing. There's another problem with Walking Dead. Now that they're starting to build up these communities, we're going to start noticing, like, oh, there's a community college campus just, like, 60 miles outside of town? Okay, sure. <laughs> Why not? Okay. Again, time and distance oh. and The Walking Dead are things that do not stare directly at the time or the distance. It's not going to work. However, the time and distance says it's very late for us. It's 11. It's 11. And, uh... Because we didn't subject Trinaya to this <laughs> Because she begged us to watch. And then it was the episode where Glenn and Abe get their heads bashed in. And tonight, when we were getting ready to watch The Walking Dead, she was like, well, can we just watch Casey undercover? It's all time for me to go to sleep. <laughs> Which is the way it should be yes. at this time. So... Uh, the other way that things should be at this time is we will... I'll be in bed. We'll be, yeah. Thanks for listening, folks. Um, you can find our other episode, this episode and our other episodes on iTunes and podcast.com. And we would hope that you would give us a comment or a like. We can we can get that in feedback from, from them and see who likes the show. Yeah. And um, we will be back next week with more... Zompocalypse now on Sci-Fi for Me and Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. And thank you, folks, for listening. We'll see you next week. I don't know what he's doing. I don't. I don't know what's happening. This here. is. This has been Bible Hour. <laughs> thank you, Rachel, for your time and support. Uh, good night, folks. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio.